How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. D.A. Fonnie Willis has consented to be here with us. And so my only request from this family today is, this is a really hard job I'm trying to do. And I am an imperfect human being, but I can literally feel the people who loves me's prayers. None of us would ever say, you know, I really want to fall asleep with Sean Hannity's voice just echoing in my mind. I really want Laura Ingram and Jesse Waters to catechize me in the good, the right, the true, and the beautiful. The alternative is a we-before-me approach to marriage. And what we find is that couples who kind of really think about their marriage in terms of us and our family are more likely today to be flourishing. The new miracles today are the sacraments. Because if you go with the definition that a miracle at the time of Jesus was the creator, come to his creation to set it free, that's what Jesus does in the sacraments. Missouri dairy farmers love issues, etc. It is the only account in the four Gospels of Jesus before his public ministry, other than his birth narratives. It's Jesus as a boy in the temple found by his parents. Why this single account of Jesus' childhood in the Gospels? He's lost. They find him. He explains he never really was lost. He was about his father's business. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on the boy Jesus in the temple in Luke chapter 2. Pastor Tom Baker of Long Gospel will be our guest. We'll go through listener email, the Issues Etc. comment line. Dr. Michael New joins us to discuss two issues, pro-choice strategy for the 2024 elections and CPAC, Conservative Political Action Conference. Some say its influence is waning. Pastor Andrew Packer will be alongside after that. We'll discuss worshiping with the church triumphant, and we'll round everything off today talking with Dr. Adam Kuntz. He's author of a column for the March issue of the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Quiet Despair and Its Remedies. We'll discuss finding hope in difficult times. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. Why were Jesus and his parents in Jerusalem? Well, it was required of the Israelites to return to Jerusalem every year in order to celebrate the Passover. So there would be groups of families and friends traveling together, singing and picnicking along the way. And that's why they had gone to Jerusalem when Jesus was 12 years old. So this was a common annual visit that his parents and Jesus made to Jerusalem at the feast of the Passover. How did the boy Jesus end up being left behind in Jerusalem? Well, because 
extended families and friends of up to 12 or more than that travel together, then the parents just assumed that he was with other relatives as they left Jerusalem. And so that's why when Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, the parents did not know it. They supposed him, according to verse 44, to be in the group. But they went a day's journey, began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, after three days, they were searching for him in Jerusalem. It says that they found him on the third day, as you said. Is that significant? Well, if you go to John chapter 2, Jesus is having an argument with the Jewish unbelievers. And he says to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now, the Jews thought he was talking about the temple, that it took Herod 46 years to rebuild. But he was instead speaking about the temple of his body. And therefore, when he was raised from the dead in three days, the disciples remembered that he had said this. And it's possible that the three days when he was 12 years old could represent the parents looking for him when he was, of course, later on in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. So they finally find Jesus in the temple. Why was he there? Well, he was there because when they asked him, why were you looking for me, he said. Did you not know I must be in my father's house? Now, the father's house, of course, in Jesus' mind was the temple because that was God the Father where he was. The parents could not understand that because they had a different view of who his father was, namely Joseph, after Joseph and Mary had been married and were therefore in the family already. Why were the teachers of the law amazed at the boy Jesus? I can imagine that being in a seminary class, every now and then you hear questions from students that you yourself had never thought of. And there were occasions when the professors would have a difficult time answering those questions. Well, you can imagine that Jesus' understanding of the Old Testament was quite different than those of the unbelieving Pharisees and scribes. And so he would point out items in the Old Testament, perhaps, asking them questions. What did Isaiah mean when the sins of the people would be put upon the Messiah? 
if you were saved by your good works, why would it be necessary for the Messiah to die? I can think of many, many questions that Jesus would be asking them. And for a time, there were those who wondered at his wisdom because they themselves could not answer the questions without contradicting the religion of Judaism, which had made works the way of salvation rather than through the salvation of the Messiah. The Messiah was promised throughout the Old Testament, beginning with Genesis 3.15, and found in many passages of the prophets. And so Jesus would be perhaps asking questions like that, that appear to contradict Judaism as they understood it. And therefore it says that when the parents heard about Jesus being in the temple, that the scribes and the Pharisees were really quite astonished about the wisdom and stature of Jesus in asking questions and maybe even answering them to a level that they had not heard before. What did his parents say to him when they found him in the temple? This is found in verse 48. The mother was astonished and said to the son, Why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. So, just like any parents you see on television where their son or daughter has vanished, they don't know if they just walked away, took a vacation, or maybe they were kidnapped or whatever. And you see the great distress on the faces of those parents. Well, that's how Joseph and Mary felt at that time. How did Jesus respond? Jesus responded by asking this question. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? And that was his reply to them. So why didn't Mary and Joseph understand what that meant? They did not understand it because the Bible itself says they did not understand this saying. You see, when Gabriel visited with Mary and gave her the information that she would be the mother of God, God's son, she did not understand all the implications of that. She was also among the women who on Easter Sunday were probably wanting to anoint Jesus' body not recognizing that he had risen from the dead, even though he had promised a number of times that in three days he would rise from the dead. And so that's the same why people visit church every Sunday or every time they have worship services. 
in order to learn from God's word what they are unaware of in knowing who Jesus truly is, truly is our Savior who died on the cross. And that's the way that our sins are forgiven. We are not saved by our individual works, which do occur after we are totally saved, but we're saved by the works of Jesus. And that needed to be understood by even the people in Jesus' day. Even Mary and Joseph did not fully understand this. And that is why Jesus had to teach them why he was not with them. So what did Jesus mean when he said, I have to be in my father's house? Yes. The word father is capitalized in the English, which is referring to God, the father. That's who Jesus was talking about. The house of God, the father was the temple. And Jesus was there to hear the teachings of God the Father. So he would know even more about what was his future. And that's where he learned, as well as reading from the Old Testament scriptures, that he would die. Psalm 22 says he would be pierced in hands and feet. That was the crucifixion. That was the basis for Jesus saying to his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem at the proper time. I will be put to death. But three days later, I will rise from the dead, which that also is taught in Holy Scripture. And so this was a way in which Jesus wanted to learn even more, maybe from the teachers in the temple, about what his future would be, and took the opportunity to listen to his father, God, and share that with his parents. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the boy Jesus in the temple. It says he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. What does that mean? Jesus Christ our Lord. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue on in James with more grace. Resist, if the Lord wills, warning to the rich, and patience in suffering. Join me. Pastor Will Whedon, for the word of the Lord endures forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Where is God's mission? God's mission is everywhere. Yes, it's far away, but it's also very near. It's as near as your congregation and school, your neighborhood, your family and friends, even as near as your home. Wherever you are, God's mission is in that place. Through his mission, Christ is bringing forgiveness, life, and salvation to people everywhere, even here, right where you are. God's mission here. Learn more at lcms.org slash national mission.
grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Rejoice, O Pilgrim Throng. Receive our Lord's gifts of His Word and Sacraments at Pilgrim Lutheran Church in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Join us for Sunday School and Bible Study at 8.30 a.m., followed by Divine Service at 9.30, with further opportunities for worship, Bible study, and fellowship throughout the week. Our Pilgrim Child Development Center cares for children from infants to 3K, for more information, visit pilgrimtosa.org. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M-T-O-S-A dot O-R-G. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Tom Baker of Law Gospel is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on the boy Jesus in the temple in Luke chapter 2. Near the end of that account, Tom, it says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. What does that mean? That is understood by verse 53. After this visit to the temple, he went down with his parents and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Now, that is obedience to the fourth commandment. And that is how he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That is not at all unusual. A pastor can often see those students in confirmation that have greater wisdom than other students in how they ask questions and how they give answers. And we know that Joseph and Mary would be continuing to teach Jesus the word of God. And he would be in favor with them because of his wisdom. And the word stature can also be translated as the word for years. So Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in favor with God and man. He became someone that others recognized as having a wisdom that other children at his age did not have. And because he was also obeying the commandments, he was recognized as someone who was not a sinner like others. And that's how he was increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor, not only with God the Father, but also with other human beings. Why do you think this is the only story that is recorded from Jesus' childhood? 
This is really important because when the Babylonians destroyed the temple in Jerusalem, there were those who returned from Babylonian captivity and attempted to rebuild it. But the Bible is clear that the Spirit of God had not yet returned to the temple at the time of Ezekiel and after the Babylonian captivity. But then, when Jesus was circumcised at eight days old, brought to the temple, where Simeon and Anna praised and glorified him, this was the return of God to the temple. And 12 years later, after 11 other years of his returning to the temple during the Passover, this was the return of God to the temple. And therefore, that was very, very important. There were not other items in the life of Jesus' childhood when he was younger or a teenager that needed to be recorded in the Bible because there were no miracles that he had done, like some false, well, gospels talk about him raising a bird that had died in the sands of the beach. And that was before he was baptized by John the baptizer. No, Jesus did not do a miracle till after his baptism with John. And that first miracle was, of course, the creation of wine at a wedding. So there were no items in Jesus' early life that were supposed to be part of the Bible to help us understand who he was. This is one of the items but the real items became knowable and important after his baptism of repentance with John the baptizer. What is the long gospel of this lesson? The law of the lesson is that a lot of times we don't recognize who Jesus is we can be going through tough times in our life. And we question whether Jesus is even aware of it. We're like the prophets of Baal. Has he gone on a vacation? Or maybe he is asleep. But no, the gospel is Jesus never sleeps in regard to our needs. It is made clear that he is our Savior, and he is the Son of God who came to earth as a human being, that's his incarnation, in order to go through the crucifixion, the resurrection, and his ascension to be at the right hand of God to answer all of our prayers in ways that we might not be totally aware of him but they are being answered, as Romans 8 says, that all things are working to our good. That's his promise, and that is a promise 
that he always keeps. And we get to know him truly, not only as the Son of God, but as God himself. Pastor Tom Baker hosts a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. You'll find a link to Law and Gospel on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Tom, thanks. Thank you. When we return, it's listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line. How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Join Lutherans for Life at the For Such a Time as This Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Enjoy the testimony and talents of Dove Award winning musician and adoptee Mark Schultz. Discover expert information and exciting opportunities, and experience the fellowship and celebration. The 2024 Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston. Find out more and register at lutheransforlife.org conferences. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. A mobile Lutheran Bible study. You're listening to Issues Etc. I think every man, every Christian should consider, at least, the possibility of God calling him into the holy ministry. Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Carl Fakencher of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Because that's the way that God has designed for faith in Christ Jesus to be spread, for the gift of eternal life that Christ Jesus earned by his death and resurrection to be shared with people by the washing of baptism for infants and for adults, for the instruction, the proclamation of the word that happens uh, on a nonstop basis in God's kingdom. God uses people, he uses men, to be those proclaimers, to be those men who who share the, the sacraments. 
If you've ever considered becoming a pastor, contact Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Their phone number, 1-800-481-2155, 1-800-481-2155, or visit ctsfw.edu.